Psalm 142 and 143, 144 and 145 are from the pen of King David and in some ways this feels like an autobiography which we've discussed over the last four years would you believe this is our fourth year going through the book of Psalms and uh, as David got older he looked back over his years and put pen to paper as uh, the famous and the infamous many times will do and if you're like me you probably enjoy reading about famous people or infamous people watching documentaries to understand how people have made it through this fallen world and uh, King David has been a remarkable man to profile and to really take a close look at this will be week 199 month 46 hour 142 and the background to Psalm 142 143 going into 144 will be the Absalom incident this is still raw in the mind of King David and it wouldn't be the first time he would put pen to paper and writes about his own son or one of his own sons plotting and planning to overthrow his own father I can't think of anything worse than that I guess in a sense when the devil fell that was uh, pretty painful for the angels in heaven to be aware of and also God himself because of course Lucifer as he was known uh, was one of the anointed cherubs he was part of the worship choir if you will and when he fell that too would have been a bitter pill for the Lord to swallow and when Adam and Eve fell same with them of course you knew this would happen through foreknowledge but just because you know something's going to happen doesn't make it any easier when it does happen Father God first year or the first uh, first live service for the new year please bless today's study today's recording uh, worship service the breaking of the bread to petition our prayers to thee and to ask Lead be merciful to us and to uh, fill us with the Spirit of God. Uh, we confess our sins to Thee privately, of course, not publicly, and we ask uh, Thee, O Lord, to uh, make this month uh, really substantial and really precious to all of us. Allow us to do great things for Thee and to open up the Word of God for us in every possible way. And we pray for this in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. So, like I say, this particular psalm. Uh, covers the Absalom incidents and David was a mighty man of the Lord and he was also very uh, interesting as a man and I want to discuss him at length Lord willing this morning let's start if we may in Psalm 142 I cried unto the Lord with my voice with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication you can do it through speaking like we are through singing like others do David was a musician he was a poet he was a performer you think about uh, infamous songs like gloomy Sunday or I'm a fool to want you or this bitter earth just three that come to my mind there's three vocals or three lyrics that people penned to really explain difficult times from the pen from the standpoint of unbelievers but it's very similar of course subconsciously uh, those artists are trying to petition God Almighty without realizing it I cried unto the Lord with my voice Father God forgive me so on and so forth and he sings a psalm or two with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication now again 
We spent four years going through the book of Psalms. We'll probably finish it in about four to five weeks' time, if not slightly less than that. And you haven't seen one example of any of the uh, psalmists praying to Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. They pray to God Almighty and only God Almighty. I say that because the book of Psalms is where we all go during times of crisis. Could be financial, could be emotional, it could be spiritual, could be absolutely anything. And when the psalmists put pen to paper, they go straight to God Almighty. One mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. First mention. With my voice, second mention. Unto the Lord, nobody else, did I make my supplication. Paul says how God will, will supply all of your need in Christ Jesus. I poured out my complaint before him. What do they say? Complain. What do they say? Uh, make yourself known. You complain to, I don't know, the local supermarket for overcha uh, uh, overcharging you or shortchanging you, that sort of a thing. I poured out my complaint before him. Him is antecedent Lord, verse 1. Nobody else is in the picture. I showed before him my trouble. He's like outlining his problems. He's painting a picture. He's saying, Lord God, this is the background, Absalom and uh, his ilk are trying to overthrow me. Of course, you know all things, Lord God. And I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm on the run. And uh, this guy's coming out of a cave and he's cussing me out and he's calling me a son of Belial. And uh, I've got an armed guard around me, but it's humiliating. And it says in one place, I think David didn't even, didn't, didn't even have any shoes on. He got out pretty quick and it was a terrible time of trying to uh, survive a violent coup d'etat. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he certainly would do. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Pray to him. Tell him what you're going through. You men out there, you sisters out there, tell him. Speak to him like you speak to your siblings or your spouses or family and friends. Just speak to him in a very plain way. Don't get all pious or don't dress it all up as it's you know like it's not real just speak to him like i'm speaking to you this morning i don't put on a voice when i'm preaching if you meet me on the streets i sound the same on the streets as i do when i'm preaching i don't put on a voice so don't come to the lord in some sort of fake uh way of being just be yourself just speak to him normally naturally don't pretend to be what you are not i poured out my complaint before him my complaint i showed before him my trouble Again, he's going straight to God Almighty. He's not going through any third party. Now, in Islam, they call this shirk. They say that Allah has no partners, and you have to go straight to Allah. That's what they teach. But, of course, they neglect to tell their audience that Muhammad is also pictured as a mediator. Unofficially, of course. And when they do that, they are guilty of shirk, which means uh, Allah has no partners. And, of course, he has many partners. And we'll get into that maybe in a future study. But here David, a type of a New Testament saint, goes straight to the Lord, as do we today. Verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, we say I'm so overwhelmed today. I can't think, I can't breathe, I'm sinking. I can't sleep, I can't eat, I'm all over the place. If you're stressed, you don't eat. If you're in love, you don't eat. If you are worrying about X, Y and Z, you don't eat. Or you don't eat a lot. And you start to just become uh, introvert. You can't think, you can't operate. You start to break down and here David has been so honest. I love these Psalms. For me, this is really practical preaching. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. You knew the path I had to go down, the decisions I had to take. I had to live by faith. I had no other way to go. It's like we say, you know, you can't go backwards. You have to go forward. You can go neutral for a period of time. 
but you can't stay in neutral for a prolonged period of time. You have to go forward, forward. Paul says, look forward, don't look back. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. You knew the path I had to go down is a very narrow path. The word of God speaks about the path to heaven being very narrow, one way through one person. In the way, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, wherein I have walked, they privily laid a snare like a trap for me. This was completely unseen from the standpoint of King David. Now you would have thought his secret police would have known something was brewing, but of course that's not how, that's not always how it works. Many times the enemy comes from within, not without. Paul told you in the book of Acts that the enemies of the church would come from within, not without. Many times you get stabbed in the back from within, not without. Uh, if you're close to anybody, they are sometimes the last person you would expect to stab you in the back, but it happens. And for David's own son to stab him in the back is a really bittersweet pill. Never really got over it, I don't think. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. You knew the path I had to go down, you knew what I was up against, Lord. In the way wherein I walked, have they, there's more than one, privily, privately laid a snare for me. You think about Jesus Christ, you've got the Sanhedrin, you've got the Pharisees, you've got Herod, you've got Pilate, you've got the mob all coming together to stop him going to the cross or trying to trying to uh, speed up his death on the cross trying to thwart his plans basically you got Judas Iscariot uh, type of the devil of course overthrowing or trying to overthrow his plans going to the high priests and taking money from the priests to set out the Lord Jesus Christ and for today you got people going to priests all over the world and paying priests to say masses for dead people with the hope they'll get out of purgatory when such a place doesn't even exist laid a snare for me so David is like an uh, like an animal on the run you think of a pack of animals uh, you think of uh, hunting you think of uh, those that go hunting when they have those dogs uh, that are trained hound dogs and they'll chase the fox until the fox is basically exhausted just dies of absolute uh, exhaustion they rip its throat out <clears throat> bring the uh, corpse back to their masters on their horses and for them it's been a great hunt and of course there's a picture of the devil working through Absalom to overthrow David picture of the devil working through Judas to overthrow uh, Jesus and for the uh, great tribulation the devil working through the Antichrist to overthrow the righteous Jews in the tribulation verse 4 I looked on my right hand and behold but there was no man that would know me that's not completely true a slight exaggeration here he had an armed escort that would that would travel with him wherever he went uh, today they're called bodyguards and uh, normally you have a small group of men and women who will guard their VIPs could be anywhere from half a dozen to two or three dozen and uh, here David had a group around him but the term would know me like in an intimate sense is actually very true nobody really knew what David was going through you can't know what it's like to be a premier or president until you've been a premier or a president i've often thought over the years about premiers and presidents good and bad what they must see and hear 24 7 having to make decisions on a level that we cannot possibly imagine we knew a former priest many years ago went to downing street and he met tony blair when he was prime minister 
and he said to Patrick, when I shook the man's hand, I felt such pressure on him. Mm. He was a man living on the edge, or really strained. And I remember that, that was about 2005, and that was a time when Blair was going through a lot of problems, and there was talk he would stand down because of the pressure that he was experiencing. And I think that is probably applicable to all leaders, good and bad, and uh, whether or not you like them is immaterial. Uh, but somebody has to run the country, of course. Refuge failed me. I can't even live in my palace. Uh, the word of God says, The Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. No man cared for my soul. Not true. Again, slight exaggeration. But from the standpoint of David, when he's down, when you're down, when you're in despair, uh, when you feel uh, depleted, it's sometimes you feel really bad. Uh, things feel worse than they actually are. And I've learned this many times over the years that it's never as bad as you first thought. And I've said this to people over the years many times that don't allow things to just overwhelm you. Uh, in uh, Like in uh, this particular psalm, verse 3, speak to the Lord in verse 2, cry at him in verse 1, have a good cry. Uh, one of our brothers at our ministry uh, lost his mother before uh, the new year and I spoke to him on uh, I think it was Skype actually a few days ago and he was crying like a baby I said just have a good cry I said get it all out of your system and he was crying for his mother just died very unexpectedly and uh, you know it was pretty sad to hear a grown man cry for his mother but that's okay cry she's in heaven amen and he's a believer we do believe and uh, that's quite as it, that's quite uh, real that's quite natural as it should be so cry out to him verse 1 Lay out your complaint to him in verse two. If you're overwhelmed, he knows your path. He's with you through the uh, the good times and the bad day, uh, good times and the bad times, and go through the shadow of death with you. Also from Psalm 23. I looked on my right hand and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. I'm like a wild animal being hunted. No man cared for my soul. Again, not completely true, but when you're not thinking properly when you're not sleeping you're not eating you can't always think and you get lost in your thoughts and you start to revert to previous eras which is never a good thing always live in the present don't live in the past get yourself busy uh somebody once said it was a famous uh i think it was a famous psychiatrist he said uh the best thing you people can do that are suffering with depression is get out of your houses and go into your communities and meet people who've got real problems and you'll soon realize how blessed you are. A quick example would be, it may have been late 2022, I was in town going to the bank or somewhere and I met this brother and sister that had been homeless for a period of time. And I was, you know, filled with all sorts of thoughts in my own mind at the time, <coughs> trying to deal with this and that. And I saw uh, the brother on the street begging and his sister came around the corner, she was like a corpse and, uh, he said to me, oh, such and such, being his sister's got stage four cancer and she's dying basically and she's uh, younger than he was and she's younger than I am. And I thought this is shocking and I started to witness to, again, her and also him and to speed up the story. She died about six weeks later and she was buried about five or six weeks afterwards or cremated, whatever she experienced. But I thought for just five or six minutes, I'm speaking to a couple on the streets, brother and sister couple, biological brother and sister on the streets around my age or slightly younger than I am nowhere to sleep really you know living on the streets the bitter cold uh, British winter having to look over their shoulders all the time for people 
attacking them, robbing them, all those things. And I felt really sorry for this couple. And I prayed with them and gave them uh, more of the gospel. And uh, I gave them a couple. Of, I gave them a couple. I gave them a copy of the Gospel of John previously. But the point is, if you have problems, get out of your house, go onto the streets, and speak to people. You meet all sorts of people are going through some really tough times and make your problems just completely evaporate i cried unto thee verse 5 O lord not mother mary i said thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living land of the living this goes back to the believers and the unbelievers if you're not saved technically uh, you're like a walking corpse uh, you, your spirit is dead uh, you're born in sin you come you know you come up through the fallen world that we've all come up through and your spirit is dead in sin and trespasses david of course was a righteous man he was a redeemed man he was a believer he was saved contrast that to those that are trying to overthrow him the land of the living i cried unto thee o lord verse one i cried unto the lord repeats it again in verse five i said thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living you are my refuge i can't lay my head anywhere particularly so i'll lay and i'll lay down in a cave if necessary and i'll allow the cave to sustain me that of course is what took place you don't know what you really are who you really are you've lost everything but of course you never really lose everything but even if you were to lose everything uh, you'll still find a way to come through most suicides you'll find take place in middle class communities you don't find many working class people committing suicide. It doesn't happen. Most street people that I have known and known over the years don't commit suicide. They want to live. Man wants to live. It's, it's unnatural to die. You know, when you're dying, you still want to live. I think McGee once said, uh, that last breath that man breathes, it's his desire to live. Man wasn't born to die. He was born to live. Adam was made perfect and upright. He wasn't created in a fallen, damned and disastrous state. And he was born to celebrate the Lord. He was born to walk with the Lord. He was born to enjoy the Lord. That, of course, is what the new birth gives us. It's like uh, Eden restored. And one day it'll be restored for all of us on the new earth. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. We've got a tiny remnant here around David trying to protect him. It's a picture there of, of, of you and I in the world with the devil all around us, or the devil's all around us trying to get to us. And that's why you're told to confess your sins to the Lord. You're told to renew your mind every day. You get dirty very quickly. And uh, in biblical times, you uh, traveling around those dusty streets. Your feet got dirty. They wore sandals, not shoes. And uh, a great picture of humility was to welcome your guest into the property and take off his or her shoes or his or her sandals and wash the feet of their guests. That, of course, pictures humility verse 6 attend unto my cry listen to my cry for i am brought very low what do they say i feel very low today my spirit is very low it's like pressed out of measure the apostle paul was uh, this sort of a person melancholy sort of a person the lord jesus christ was acquainted with grief and sorrows i think it says once how he uh, rejoiced it speaks about him weeping and uh, grieved over the death of Lazarus not that he died but over the response of the people who came to comfort uh, Martha and Mary they were behaving like nothing they were behaving like their brother was lost and he wasn't lost he was a saved man 
This way, you've got to be careful. You've got to measure yourself. It's never as bad as you think. Just get up and fight, whoever you are and wherever you are. Don't allow the world just to overrun you. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. This is so real, so honest. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Here's a man who would kill thousands with his sword, just wipe out people left, right and centre. You think of someone like Joshua, wouldn't take any prisoners. And throughout the Old Testament, you find groups of people just being annihilated. That of course is the Lord's judgment on unrighteous people, unrighteous nations. And before the the uh, the before the uh, the uh, the atheist gets all upset and starts shouting about uh, uh, genocide and this or that, you've got no standard, Mister Atheist. You don't even believe in a God. If there's no God, there's no good. If there's no good, there's no evil. If there's no right, there's no wrong. There's no morality. It's survival of the fittest, right? But of course, you apply that literally, nobody would survive five minutes. A quick example. I was coming home from the post office a few days ago, past a local pharmacist. I saw five or six young men under the age of probably 30 queuing up to get their prescriptions from a pharmacist, stick thin, uh, no teeth, all drug addicts. They live in a halfway house near the pharmacy I often see these young men uh, you can't approach them they're pretty dangerous people in fact and they all meet in a huddle normally and I thought to myself if I wasn't a Christian you know I'd put pressure or I wouldn't put pressure if I wasn't a believer I'd be asking atheists why are these people living I mean if there's no God there's no good if there's no good there's no uh, there's no evil there's no right there's no wrong what's the point of these people living I mean isn't that what Darwin said survivor the fittest yeah didn't he say the white man is the premier race? Didn't he say that? Yeah. But they don't really believe that, these people. They can't teach it in school. They'd be called a race. They'd be called racist. They'd be called, uh, you know, this and that. And they'd be shut down. They're hypocrites. They're liars. But because they, they won't accept Christianity, they have to have something in its place. So they go for evolution, which, of course, is a religious hallucination. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. This shows David's humility. He's down, but not out. Uh, he's depressed but not completely in despair you find that in the uh, I think it's first Corinthians chapter 4 uh, when Paul was really going through it I think, I think in fact I think it's second Corinthians chapter 4 and he speaks about uh, his struggles on a regular basis and he doesn't quit he gets up he keeps on going and sometimes the world appreciate that quick example I saw a clip last night of a preacher in Australia maybe in Melbourne preaching on the streets and uh, this drunk came out of nowhere started getting the face of this Australian preacher and this atheist or an unbeliever came out of nowhere and said leave the preacher alone sometimes the world appreciate and they respect a man of God or even a woman of God for that matter taking a stand in a public place and this unbeliever got between the preacher and this drunk so I think sometimes a bit of pressure is good for all of us and sometimes even the world appreciate it and they'll come alongside you then of course you can witness to them seven bring my soul out of prison the word prison is found 122 times in the king james bible and prison's a pretty miserable place many years ago we spoke to an american uh former prisoner who'd gone through the prison system many times and he told us about jailhouse religion and he wrote a book about uh, his prison days which was a very interesting book to read and uh it was a tough life he was i think from alabama one of those american states and uh unfortunately his theology was all messed up he was into what's called uh, the church of christ doctrine that 
water baptism would save you and only those in that particular church the church of christ had the ability to baptize you but notwithstanding that he would talk about uh, people that he met in prison witnessed to and got saved and many did get saved in prison and uh, he got in a pretty bad way and he was rearrested several times and one day he found himself back in prison in a uh, in a prison back in you know somewhere in, in alabama one of those american states like i say and we wrote to the governor and the warden uh, to try and help him out really and it was a tough slog for him but the point is people who go to prison many times do get saved but here's the irony those people when they arrive in prison are given bibles but when they go to school no bibles are allowed you can't pray in school but you can pray in prison <laughs> by which stage it's too late right now we get a double application look at verse 7 again bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. Surround me about. This is a picture of uh, redemption. New Jerusalem. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Go to Acts chapter 2 please. So David. Is the man to mark. If you are a man. And if you are a woman. Study Esther. Ruth. And. Uh, you'll see how those sisters dealt with difficult times. Acts chapter 2 and uh, let's pick it up in verse let's see now Acts 2 uh, 27 because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell like prison uh, Abraham's bosom which we looked at a few days ago neither wilt thou suffer allow thine holy one to see corruption of course Christ is the holy one David would have seen corruption as would uh, have all of the prophets 31 he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of christ without which none of us can boast about anything that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption go back to psalm 142 verse 7 bring my soul out of prison so he's saying one of two things he's saying on the one hand i feel like i'm in prison i'm hiding in a cave which is a type of a prison a uh, type of hell if you will he's also speaking about his own uh freedom from death that i may praise thy name which of course he would do he was a praise master a worship master or a choir master the righteous that's the redeemed of course shall compass me about i'm now amongst friends I've been all alone for a period of time which again is not technically true but uh, we've all been down in the dumps we've all you know lost our train of thought for a period of time we can't always think clearly and i always say this to people go for a walk that always clears my head or go for a swim if you like to swim or do a bit of a workout if you like to do a workout read, uh, read the word of god at the same time or listen to the good or listen to good sermons online and that will straighten me up in pretty quick time i'm sure it would do uh, with you as well so David on the one hand yes in from our from our standpoint he's slightly exaggerating but put yourself in his shoes his own son is trying to kill him I mean, can you imagine that as a parent or your own grandson is trying to kill you your own nephew or whoever it may be that's pretty rough in public and on top of that your own son wants to and will go on to desecrate your own concubines in public talk about humiliating and it speaks about his concubines were locked up into locked they were uh, they were uh, they spent the rest of their lives in widowhood 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 due to absalom desecrating 
uh, David's wives in public. In fact, he erects a tent, doesn't he? This tent gets erected, and they, you know, they can all see that he's going in with his going into the women to do you know what, and that's just humiliating for anybody to be made aware of. The righteous shall compass me about, and they will resurrection. For thou shalt, no doubt in his mind, deal bountifully with me. Just give me more than enough. 143. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. He's got more than one. In thy faithfulness, answer me. And in thy righteousness, I'm just an unclean rag in thy sight. Uh, Isaiah says all of our righteousness is, is as filthy rags. The Lord said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of these scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven which of course is impossible because even the pharisees were a pretty righteous bunch of boys but of course they were dead man bones dead men's bones just dead man bones uh walking around with their nice linen cloth you know nice linen garment uh lording it over the people and they were so righteous so uh consecrated that they put an innocent man on the cross you know they're plotting to kill him throughout his entire time on the earth and enter not into judgment with thy servants for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Go to Romans chapter 3. And uh, if you are a new Christian, go to the book of Romans, read it, and uh, get it down. And you never doubt your salvation. And uh, even being saved a period of time, go back to Romans and read it and get a great blessing. Romans chapter 3, look at verse... Uh, verse uh, 20 therefore by the deeds of the law there shall some no there shall no flesh Jew or Gentile be justified like exonerated in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin look at uh, 28 therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without without the deeds of the law you can't save yourself you can't keep yourself saved if you could what would christ have come to die for back to psalm 143 verse 2 and enter not and enter not into judgment with thy servant don't destroy me lord i know i'm wicked and i'm guilty of the uh bathsheba incidents and i'm guilty of having multiple wives and concubines and this and that please don't destroy me uh nobody's going to be holy or uh, safe in your sight only you are holy of course for in thy sight in thy presence shall no man living be justified uh, to be burnt to a crest if it wasn't for the mercy of god for the enemy hath persecuted my soul his own son is referred to here as his own enemy that's uh, pretty uh, devastating for parents to have to call his own son his enemy he hath smitten my life down to the ground he hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead wow go to first peter chapter five we're getting some pretty interesting imagery now and i know the book of psalms is a tough book to work through and it's mostly uh, read during difficult and dark times uh, but as we've proven over the last four years it does harmonize beautifully with the new testament first peter five and uh look at uh hold a minute let's see now mm. okay uh first peter five 
8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. What can you do? Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in, you, in, in your brethren that are in the world. Uh, resist him, flee from him, and you'll be fine. Go to Acts 26. Acts 26. And uh, look at verse. Mm, pick it up in uh, 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith not works that is in me I'll give you one more which I read last night Revelation 21 and uh in uh, Revelation 21, uh, look at uh, uh, verse uh, 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things without exception, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Go back to the book of Psalms. 143 verse uh, 3 again. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, not his internal soul, but his being, his personage. He had smitten my life to the ground. He wants to kill me, and he's getting pretty near, but uh, the Lord will preserve uh, the lesser David, the greater David. He hath made me to dwell in darkness. Also picturing death, of course, but the light overcomes the darkness, as those that have been long dead. It's like a picture of those in hell waiting for the Lord to come and get them, and he will, and he did. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. So throw back to 142 verse 3. Overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. We say my heart's broken. Uh, you know, she stole my heart and she broke it. Or, you know, he was my best friend. Then he betrayed me. And here it's, it's here's the father. It's been about his own son. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. Just completely isolated. I remember the days of old. Where they say the good old days. I meditate on all thy works. Antecedent God Almighty of course. I muse. I think. I meditate. I think on. On the work of thy hands. Go to First uh, Timothy chapter 4. You've got two accounts in scripture that come to my mind. You've got one account of Moses uh, when he got pretty bad and the people wanted to kill him. And uh, he found comforts in God Almighty. And David too. Uh, he said he was content in the Lord. I'm on 1 Timothy 4. And uh, until things go south, you have no idea really what your faith is going to be all about or who you or who or what you even are. 1 Timothy 4, uh, 4, 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little, which is true, and yet still good to exercise. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. That, of course, is the key. 
verse 15 meditate upon these things give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all go back to the book of psalms 143 verse 5 again i remember the days of old abraham isaac and jacob uh, the exodus joshua going through uh, uh, the waters and uh, the ark of the covenant going from a to b i meditate on all thy works the creation and uh, the deliverance of the children of israel the annihilation of the amaleks and uh, the canaanites and all those incredible uh, incidents i muse on the work of thy hands you're just blown away by how great our god is amen verse 6 i stretched forth my hands unto thee my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land uh seller go to first peter and uh let's see now first peter first peter chapter two and uh first peter chapter two many types and shadows analogies uh, in the word of God that deal with uh, the Lord stretch forth my hands unto thee like lift up holy hands Paul speaks about that my soul thirsteth after thee the Lord said you wouldn't thirst anymore in John chapter 4 as a thirsty land first Peter chapter 2 and uh, pick it up in verse 1 wherefore laying aside all malice quit it and all guile uh, deceit quidditch and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings this goes back to the tongue which cannot be tamed book of james told you that as newborn babes new christians desire the sincere milk liquid of the word that ye may grow thereby you mothers you breastfed you weaned your children and uh, bible teachers have to breastfeed new christians in a spiritual sense of course to grow them if so be you've tasted tasted that the lord is gracious once you come to know him you can never go to never go back to unknowing him once you're born again you can't be unborn uh, once you pass your driving test you can't go back to being an on-driver once you uh, come out of university or college or whatever system of education you've been through you can't go back to how you used to be you know once you experience this or that you can't go back to how it used to be it's impossible you can backslide but you're still a believer of course verse 7 hear me speedily o lord my spirit faileth hide not thy face from me lest i be like unto them that go down into the pit hell fire uh, deuteronomy 31 and uh deuteronomy 31 Let's pick it up in verse uh, 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, going back to the land of the living, the land of the dead, whither they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenants which i have made with them there's your free will here's the lord's elect nation going against god due to their own uh, willful sinful 
stubborn behaviour, they're called a stiff-necked people. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, burn against them in that day. And I will forsake them temporarily, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us? Because our God is not among us. Our God, you think of that scripture from the book of Matthew, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He was always there, of course, but uh, they didn't want to see him, and they hid their faces from him. And uh, that's just how it goes. Back to Psalm 143, verse... Uh, seven again hear me speedily O lord quick lord i need some help right now my spirit faileth it's like i'm collapsing i'm dying hide not thy face from me don't be angry with me lest be like unto them they go down into the pit out of darkness weeping and wailing gnashing of teeth second death not the first uh, the first death you can still see you can still speak you can still communicate luke uh, 16 19 down to uh, 31 speaks about that in great detail and a terrifying account of a man who dies lost and uh, he's still in his fallen state look at verse uh, 8 cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning for in thee do i trust cause me to know the way wherein i should walk for i lift up my soul unto thee go to matthew chapter 13 now of course morning uh and evening the sun of the morning is in reference partly to the second advent uh, you're told to wait you're told to watch and uh, in Matthew chapter 13 we get into the mystery parables uh, which are pretty uh, troubling for a lot of people to decipher decode and to apply doctrinally for me I always start in the Pauline epistles and work back into the gospels i don't i don't go the other way because it's too problematic matthew 13 and uh, look at uh, uh 43 then shall the righteous shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father like the sun comes up in the morning what does it say early bird catches the worm who hath ears to hear let him hear back to the book of psalms please Let's keep building on this. 143 verse uh, 9. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. Deliver us from evil, from temptation. I flee unto thee to hide me. Book of Revelation, please. Chapter 12. Again, double application. You've got David, a priest, a prophet, and a king, as was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's got uh, Saul on his back. He's got Absalom on his back. He's got uh, Adonijah on his back. He's got a small remnant of faithful men around him, as with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Revelation, we're now in the middle part of the Great Tribulation, chapter 12, I think it is, Revelation 12. And, uh, uh, yeah, here we go, 12, verse 6. And the woman... Israel, not Mary, fled into the wilderness, uh, like the Israelites would do, where she hath a place prepared of God. A place prepared of God. Specific place. That they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, 
and three score days, that's three and a half years. Got a tiny remnant that'll be taken care of during the Great Tribulation. Uh, that will not take the mark of the beast. You've got a picture of that back in uh, Genesis when they board the boat. Eight souls, and of course they, co they go through that period and they come out safe and sound. On the other end, you've got a picture of Enoch uh, who was taken. Picture of the rapture, of course. You've got an account of Elijah who was taken. Picture of the rapture, of course. And uh, in the tribulation, the Jews will be safe or remnants will be safe and they'll come through it safe and sound 143 uh, verse 9 again deliver me O Lord from mine enemies he doesn't say send a couple of angels he doesn't say uh, send me an army or two he goes straight to the Lord what else could you do I mean what else could you do what else could I do he's sick and dying on a you know hospital bed somewhere or collapsed on a street corner what are we gonna do send for the priest he can't help you send for the mullah or the imam he can't help you or send for the rabbi or the rabbi as they pronounce he can't help you only bible believers know where they're going when they die and here david the lord's anointed wants the lord to step in and deliver him and he will teach me to do thy will for thou art my god no doubt there thy spirit is good lead me into the land of uprightness get me back on my throne restore me which takes place the second advent you find that in the gospel of luke chapter one how christ rule over the uh, the house of jacob uh, forever and ever and uh, of his kingdom there'll be no end and you've got a picture of a thousand year reign where only the righteous are present around the lord jesus christ uh, verse 11 quicken me O lord uh, quicken me make me alive quicken me O lord we say give me a second wind we say uh uh, well I say sometimes uh, jumpstart me mm -hmm. entropy you think of an outside force you've got a car it breaks down what do you do you get the jump leads jump me Ant uh, entropy uh, give me some scripture give me some uh, you know, renew my mind basically remind me of, of the scriptures people say give me a verse about this or give me a verse about that and I give them a verse about this or a verse about that and of course it always does the job because the word of God is real it's alive it's uh, sharp and they need two edged sword quicken me O Lord for thy name's sake for your sake for thy righteousness sake bring my soul out of trouble jacob's trouble a bit of a jew here praying for deliverance during the great tribulation and it's called jacob's trouble not uh, the church's trouble and that's why we are pre-millennial one of the reasons why we are pre-millennial we don't see the church going through the tribulation what would be, what be the point of it we've already been judged and dealt with at calvary but uh, jacob's trouble is for the jew to shape up and get right with god almighty and of thy mercy cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul absalom dies as a cursed death uh his uh counselor dies a cursed death his lieutenants die a cursed death uh, judas dies a cursed death the antichrist dies a cursed death the uh, the false prophet dies a cursed death the devil eventually dies a cursed death uh, anybody who messes with uh, a righteous jew sooner or later will die a cursed death and destroy all them that afflict my soul for i am thy servant christ came to serve not to be served and again these pictures are incredible and like i say just get up and keep pushing on let's do a bit of 144 blessed be the lord my strength we say uh, uh we say uh, he's my strength or a woman says uh he's my rock or they say uh, behind a great man is a great woman that's what they say 
Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war. David was a man of war, as was uh, Joshua. And my fingers to fight. Go to Second Corinthians 10. Now for today, it's slightly different for the saints. We don't fight in a physical sense. And uh, you can defend yourself, of course, and you should. If you are a parent and you've got children or you're looking after you know older people or elderly people but on the streets you have to turn the other cheek uh, if they come after you second uh, Corinthians 10 and uh, look at verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal like literal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds this is the great problem that we all have to deal with the strongholds doubt i can't do this i'm not worthy of that god's angry with me i messed up here i messed up there i must be cursed this and that just quit all that negative thinking casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god antichrist and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled that's how you are to conquer the old flesh the old man uh, verse 244 verse 2 my goodness and my fortress my high tower and my deliverer my shield and he in whom i trust who subdueth my people look at that who subdueth my people rebellious jews under me okay go to isaiah 60 let's see now isaiah 63 and uh, get in a minute 63 and we'll pick it up in verse uh, one who is this that cometh from edom with dyed garments from bozrah this that is glorious in his apparel traveling in the greatness of his strength I that speak in righteousness, Jesus Christ speaking, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fats? Why are you covered in red? Why are you covered in blood? I have trodden the wine press alone. Don't need Michael or Gabriel to help me out, or Mother Mary or Pope John Paul II. And of the people, there was none with me. Hebrew city sat down after. Uh, sanctifying the people covering the sins of the world all in his own uh, for I will tread them in mine anger a righteous anger and trample them in my fury think of a horse going over uh, a person or horses going over people that's a pretty clear picture of what's going on here and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments and I will stain all my raiments for the day of vengeance is in mine hearts and the year of my redeemed is come. This is also cross-reference to Revelation 19. But no time for this morning. Back to 144 verse 3. Lord, what is man? This is a great question. What is man? That thou takest knowledge of him. Why do you bother with us, Lord God? Or the son of man, that thou, that thou makest accounts of him. Okay, go to 146 verse 3, just very briefly. I want to look at this from a standpoint of how the rabbis approach this, to shut down the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they do that, they shoot themselves in the foot. 146 verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. And when they go to this passage, they say, oh, you shouldn't trust Jesus Christ. He called himself the Son of Man. And by saying that, they knock out the book of Ezekiel. 
who called himself the son of man many 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 times they're so quick some of these people to just knock out the lord jesus christ they cut their own throats sometimes lord what is man 144 verse 3 what is man who is man what is man that thou takest knowledge of him and you give him a break you take time to hear him out hear his prayers or the son of man you know generally speaking that thou makest account of him go to hebrews chapter 2 now there's two ways to deal with the lord's uh nature you've got the son of man son of god and sometimes overlooked the son of uh, david now i've always taught it this way that the son of man deals with his humanity and the son of god deals with his uh divinity his deity but i know that's not always held by a lot of people i know a lot of our former muslim friends or former muslims who are now saved uh Kreshi went to be the lord a few years ago who worked with uh oh what was the guy's name that controversial preacher zachariah rabbi zacharias another controversial character when he dealt with muslims he'd always say that the term son of man is the lord's deity son of god is his humanity doesn't quite fit with my understanding of that but anyway that's probably an in-house matter uh but in hebrews chapter 2 the writer quotes this passage lord what is man of course adam is man that thou takest knowledge of him or the son of man in a generic sense that thou makest account of him and the book of uh, hebrews quotes this and in hebrews chapter 2 uh let's pick it up let's see now uh let's see now i'll pick it up in verse 1 uh, chapter 1 hebrews chapter 1 uh, let's see now uh, chapter 1 uh, uh, verse uh, 5 for under which of the angels said he at any time thou art my son this day have i begotten thee to generate to bring forth straight from god himself and again i be to him a father and he shall be to me a son look at uh, 6 and again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world he saith and let all the angels of God worship him. Uh, in the Quran, uh, the angels are told to worship Adam, which of course will not work. That's a, uh, a lazy counterfeit, a cheap counterfeit of this text here from Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, 7, make it, eight, make it verse 8. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, the Father speaking to the Son here, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a sept of righteousness is a sept of thy kingdom chapter 2 and uh, pick it up in uh, 6 but one in a certain place testified saying what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him it's practically verbatim from the book of Psalms uh, look at verse uh, 7 thou madest him a little lower than the angels thou crownest him with glory and honour and to set him over the works of thy hands thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet for in that he put all in subjection under him he left nothing that is not put under him but now we see not yet all things put under him but we see jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of god should taste death taste the lord is he good taste death for the elect no for every man which of course knocks out calvinism back to the book of psalms please psalm 144 verse uh, 4 man is light to vanity just worthless empty his days are as a shadow that passeth away 
Uh, the sun comes up in the morning. You get shade, you know, the uh, the shadow as the sun uh, comes around the house. A few hours and then it's gone. Man's time on the earth is so minimal, really. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down, and he will. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. They say he's smoking hot. He's smoking. They shall smoke. Uh, the burning bush, it uh, burns, but doesn't consume. And God's anger will burn, but it will never be uh, completely consumed. It'll always be burning. His hell, his hell fire will always burn, never be burnt up. Uh, cast forth lightning. That's pretty scary. Lightning, light, and scatter them like animals running. Shoot out thine arrows and destroy them. Send thine hand from above. Rid me. We say a good riddance. Rid me. Get rid of them. Rid me. And deliver me out of great waters from the hand of strange children. Okay, Revelation for this, please. Revelation 2 and Revelation uh, 17. Revelation 2. Revelation 17. Revelation 2, 23. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. Able to read their hearts, their minds, their souls, so on and so forth. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. You'll get your payback for your works. It's like a salary. You put in a full day's work, you get a full salary. <coughs> you don't put in a full day's work, you don't get a full day's salary. You reap what you sow. That, of course, is the judgment seat of Christ. Send now, send thine hand from above, rid me, and deliver me of great waters. Out of great waters, number one, great waters. And from the hand, and from the hand, or from the hand of strange children. Okay, strange children. They're going to be killed in chapter 2, verse 13. They are connected to Jezebel in verse 20. Ahab's uh, wicked wife, of course. What's the problem? They commit fornication. Sacrifice to idols. 21. I gave him space, uh, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication. That's the Lord's uh, goodwill. His patience, his long-suffering, which Paul speaks about in the book of Romans. And she repented not. Not interested. Get away from me. Go to chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. And uh, you've got uh, great waters, strange children. Uh, Revelation 17. And uh, look at verse 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth, church of Rome, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Every nation under earth uh, travels to the Vatican, which is a very tiny city within a city. I think it's about three or four miles at most in uh, in perimeter, or you know, if you were to, you know, if you were to measure the whole city, it's a tiny part of Rome, of course. And the, and the strange children uh, are tied in with the whore, of course. She's their mother. 144 verse uh, 8. Whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Okay, go to John chapter 8. And uh, we get into some pretty controversial stuff now. But the Bible is a controversial book. Uh, John 8, 40. For ye are of your father the devil, going back to strange children, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, 
and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and a father of it. Go back to the book of Psalms, 144. 144 verse uh, 8 again whose mouth speaketh vanity and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood I will sing a new song unto thee O God upon upholstery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee going back to people singing songs when they're sad also when they're happy and David's going to sing uh, with his speaking voice or he's going he's to speak with his natural voice and sing with his speaking voice music will be used instruments will be used which of course is a type of the word of God and that goes back to when he played the harp in the presence of Saul and we did so the spirits left and uh, when he stopped playing the spirits returned and uh, somebody once said that sin will keep, from, will keep you from the Bible or the Bible will keep you from sin and that's true sin keeps from the Bible the Bible keeps you from sin uh, 144 verse uh, 10 it is he that giveth salvation unto kings who, deliver, who delivereth David a servant from the hurtful sword he speaks about himself in the third person which is completely normal Paul would do the same as with Jesus uh, verse 11 rid me again get rid of them rid me good riddance uh, rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children it's back again whose mouth speaketh vanity partly picturing Absalom of course and uh, the children of the whore and their right hand that term is back again is the right hand of falsehood 2nd Peter chapter 2 I think it is Second Peter chapter 2 In fact, uh, let's think now. Go to Book of Jude first of all. That's a better one. Book of Jude. Then go to Second Peter. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, uh, and the right hand is a right hand of falsehood. It's like offering a hand of friendship to you, and it's completely false. It's corrupt. Uh, Jude verse uh, let's pick it up in uh, let's see now let's pick it up in verse 6 and the angels was kept not their first estate their first estate but left their own habitation he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day okay future judgment and these uh, angels are chained going nowhere even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in a light manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Okay, strange children, strange flesh. Abnormal. Are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of part time fire? No, eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities Paul speaks about this also in the book of Romans 12 these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you wheat and the tares going side by side Matthew 13 
feeding themselves without fear no fear of the lord before their eyes clouds they are without water carried about of winds trees whose fruit are withereth going back to matthew 7 check out their fruit sometime without fruit as well twice dead so they're dead the first time around and they die dead in their sins plucked up by the roots raging waves of the sea foaming out to their own shame wandering stars like a vagabond a vagabond to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever pretty devastating that's a picture of unclean spirits hanging around uh, churches and uh, unclean people with unclean spirits going to churches which you find in Matthew chapter 13 also and uh, that's why religious people I mean really religious people many times have to be checked carefully in light of scripture don't get me wrong but you've got to be careful when you come into contact with really religious people uh, who slightly overdo it they say praise the Lord hallelujah all the time nothing else uh, and always speaking about this and that just check them out sometimes you can get carried away God wants you to be busy serving him talking to people about him and uh, walking with him and uh, being a living epistle and these people are in the book of Jude anyway are a strange bunch to really identify but second Peter chapter 2 we get a bit more light uh, second Peter chapter 2 pick it up in verse uh, mm, let's see now pick it up in verse uh, pick it up in verse uh, verse uh, 9 the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations that's good to know and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government presumptuous are they self-willed they're not afraid to be evil of dignities almost word for word whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord this goes back to the charismatics saying I rebuke you the uh, I rebuke you Satan I'm going to bind you Satan what are you talking about you can't bind him or bind you but these you can resist him and you must but you don't bind him but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they as they that counted uh, as they that counted pleasure and uh, as they that counted pleasure to riot in the day in the daytime spots are they and blemishes going back to the old testament priests having to look out for leprosy uncleanness sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you here we go 14 having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin beguiling unstable souls and heart they've exercised with covetous practices cursed children cursed children back to the book of psalms cursed children uh, 144 still let's try and finish this psalm going way over time this morning 144 uh, 12 that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace that our garners may be full affording all manner of store that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets that our oxen may be strong to labor 
that there be no breaking in nor going out that there be no complaining in our streets i spoke to a soldier this past week from northern ireland been to iraq and afghanistan he's from drum cree humble chap and i said to him first of all thank you for your service and i said to him you know he had many questions for me and we got on to sin and why people do what they do and he took a tract and hopefully went away thinking about what i told him but i said to him do you realize if people believe what i believe there'd be no police force needed there'd be no army or military needed your doors would be left unlocked at night kids could go to school or come back from school day and night it wouldn't make any difference women would be safe to walk the streets as would men incidentally men get raped as well not just women uh and he agreed you know he did agree with my my uh, statement about that and here david is switching from the negative to the positive again it's not all doom and gloom yes his son was a cursed child died a cursed death he hung on a tree as with judas iscariot judas iscariot is of course a son of israel absalom was a son of israel david was a father of israel christ is israel's everlasting father again talk about a broken heart your son has died a cursed death and that was pretty bitter to have to swallow but he switches from the negative to the positive that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth 12 that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace that our garners may be full of affording all manner of store that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets picture the promised land not just doing not just uh, not just during david's david during a thousand year reign that our oxen may be strong to labor they don't die too too they don't die young they you know, they go the full term that there be no breaking in no robberies don't get your throat cut for just a few pence uh, no breaking in nor going out that there be no complaining in our streets we hear all the time in the streets people down the streets shouting and screaming complaining about this and that happy is that people that is in such a case happy being blessed Yea, happy is that people whose god is the lord and that's how david gets through this particular situation as should you and uh, keep walking with the lord don't quit and uh, as paul says fight the good fights of faith and uh, book of matthew says to endure unto the end uh, and uh, stay close to god almighty and he'll stay close to you